You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. Hey, everyone. This is Mistress of None with Aaron Harks. I am Aaron Harks. Uh, this is a few episodes in. Thank you for everybody who's been listening so far. And um, really excited about uh, delving further into this. Uh, for those of you just joining us, I'm not going to describe Mistress of None. Um, just go back and listen to the old episodes. Figure it out. Um, it was funny, though, because I have been thinking about the title uh, Mistress of None. And um, it's funny to me that, like, the female equivalent or version of master has to be mistress, right? I mean, I, I'm not going to go back and rename my podcast. Um, it's funny to me that that is, like, the equivalent. Like, we don't get anything um, more profound than that. We're just, we're mistresses versus masters. Um, I'm not going to turn this into a feminist podcast. Don't worry about that. I just found that it was funny, but my aunt gave me some uh, perspective that I hadn't considered, uh, which I really loved. She, her take on it was to mean an independent woman who will not be brought down by adversity or bullshit. And, you know, thank you for that, Aunt Ellen, because that is a better way to look at it. I'm certainly nobody's mistress. Um, but I hope that most of you are smart enough to get the point, like, you know, master of none, mistress of none. Anyway, moving on, uh, this episode, I'm so excited. I got to sit down with a very, very fascinating and influential person in the capital region, uh, Matt Baumgartner, Matt and I, I think we met many, many years ago, uh, before I got sober, uh, which is a funny story. I believe we address in the interview. Uh, what cracked me up was when we reconnected years later, um, I couldn't, he told me to contact him through like social media and I couldn't for some reason. And so I messaged him and, and he was like, that's weird. And he checked his preferences and it turns out that he had me blocked and we have no idea why. Um, I can only imagine, um, (laughs) we, uh, we laugh about it now, but who knows what could have happened back in those days that would have led him to block me. Um, he can be a bit of a bastard, though. He'd be the first one to admit that. So I'm sure I did next to nothing because I'm not a bad person. But uh, what's really funny to me is uh, I've been able to work with him a bit in the past few years uh, with some projects and some events uh, at his venue, June Farm which is just an amazing, beautiful venue. And he's given me a lot of great opportunities and great work, and I'm really excited to have that opportunity and that friendship. What is crazy to me is that he found me playing at the Town Tavern in West Sand Lake on the most random night he looked familiar to me, but I couldn't really place him. He came up to me on a break 
told me that he was really enjoying the music and that, you know, wanted to talk to me more. And we talked on the break and I didn't put it together who he was. And I asked the manager after I left, I was like, who was that? That was Matt Bongard. You know, it, what's funny to me is that, and no disrespect at all to the town tavern, but that's like one of those gigs where, you know, people are barely listening. It was a later gig. I took it because, you know, they took good care of me and it's only 20 minutes from my house. But it wasn't one of my more favorite gigs. I love the people there. I love the place. Didn't love the setup. It was always pretty loud. Nobody really cared what I did or not. So that was not their fault at all. But I also had to set up outside of the men's room and occasionally would have to actually move the neck of my guitar to let people in and out. Uh, and, you know, sometimes the barbecue got to them. Um, if Enough said about that. But anyway, so it was an important lesson to me to always perform at your peak, whether or not people are listening, because you never know who's listening. And that night, Matt Baumgartner happened to be listening. And now we are good friends and uh, colleagues, and I really enjoy working with him. So I hope you enjoy this interview uh, with Matt Baumgartner. We got to record right at June Farms. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. We're live? Yeah. All right, nice. I want to give you a compliment before you say anything. Okay. You may be the hardest working person that I know. Oh. Honestly, you are constantly hustling and like just promoting yourself and and doing the work. Like showing up at gigs and making things happen for yourself and like Aww. believing in yourself. And I just really like respect that hustle. Well, thank you and so I think much. You're so talented and it's such a privilege to be here always as a friend with you, but like to be doing something with you like work wise I love. Thank so, you. Yeah, All I right. love you and I really admire you. Well, I love you too and I admire you as well. So Thanks. uh this is um Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. I'm sitting here with Matt Baumgartner. Hello. Um I mean that compliment from Matt Baumgartner in that capacity will I'll feast on that for for days, weeks. So thank you very much for that. You're welcome. How are you? I am good. I'm not sure what I can talk about just about as well. I'm going to ask you some questions. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. So, um, Matt, you are mostly known for all of the like iconic institutions around the capital region that you opened and, and were the uh, proprietor they of. They are iconic, right? They are iconic. I know. When I look back at them, I'm like, those were really big, major, fun, like, different times and places like throughout the Albany span of the last 20 years. Yeah. Like really fun places. 100%. Yeah. They still are. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes once people know that, you know, they're no longer yours and you know, they might. Yeah. Well, it's a different, <laughs> it, it's, it changes a little bit, but I mean, they're still very busy. All those guys, which are. Great. Yeah, no. And it's great. But I mean, you, you opened them, you, you like watered them like plants and yeah. then you, you know, you moved on to bigger and better things. You told me that uh, this earlier this year, you kind of had like, a flash sale and got rid of yeah exactly um i mean you started with bombers right in the capital region yep. bombers on lark 97. on lark 97 um when you were four <laughs> and um then you know like the the beer garden and the uh, old english and now you are did you ever go to noche was i i was gonna ask you if oh that God, was you that was mine yeah yeah maybe that that's was why sort of the catalyst for the beer garden because i had sold i opened noche 
after like four years or something, sold it to this guy named Jack. Jack stopped making payments back to us. Mm. So we had to go back into that space. And I just thought what would be easy without a lot of stress that can just be people pouring beers. And like, I love soccer and had been living in New York City and saw some soccer bars in Brooklyn and New York City that were like really popular. So just decided to open up that. But that's amazing. Yeah. So that whole area was started with Noche. Yeah. And then like changed to the beer gardens. Well, we uh, just became friends like in the last like four or five years. Um, and Because I had blocked you on Facebook. Yeah, because I was trying to connect with you after we became best of friends. And <laughs> we couldn't find That's each so other for funny. some reason. It must have been the Noche days because I wasn't I wasn't on my best behavior back oh then. God, it's so, so it's like, you, do you remember Noche? I'm like, well, to an extent. Um, so we're here today at June Farms. And that is now, I mean... Hard to say your only business, but it, it feels like where I've landed and w it feels like where I have landed and where I plan on focusing my professional life for probably forever. Okay. I can't even imagine doing anything that I enjoy more than this place. Wow. Or that would challenge me more or that feels the most fun and relaxing and being around the animals and all the, you know, the fact that it's seasonal and I can take a break for a mm -hmm. few months like each year is really great. So I love it here. That's awesome. That was actually going to be one of my next questions, like because I know that you're constantly looking for like the next bigger, better thing. I don't think I feel that way about myself anymore. I think that was the case for a very long time. And now I feel like I have to find calm and just happiness in my life because I always say that like happiness is a really weird word for me. Like if someone says, are you happy? Like I never know the answer to that Yeah. because I feel like I see so many people that are like so seemingly happy with their kids and their marriage and you know, their sort of like lives mm -hmm. that my life has always felt so wild and crazy with a lot of, you know, hangovers and fights and successes. It's just all over the place that I wouldn't say that it feels happy because it's never calm. Yeah. And I feel like happiness implies some sense of calm. Okay. Would you think? Sure. I think for me, like, I, I'm relatively happy, but I also worry that, like, happiness is complacency. Yeah, and I right, that's why right, I right. go for the next challenge. Right. Um, you know, I just finished a big show last week, which went great, and I literally got home and was like in tears because I was so happy with how it went. And I turned to my husband and I said, what now? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, God, like, just take a beat. But I know, right. So I and get we're, that. We're, we're sewn from the same cloth. I it, feel the same way. Absolutely. Like being stagnant is very stressful for me. Yeah, but I think what's great about the farm is that you, you know, started with like just this barn mm -hmm. and have now you're doing. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing here on the farm. I mean, the farm started out with my plan of just living here and raising pork and beef for the restaurants that I had and then after one year of the like harvesting slash killing of the animals I hated it it okay. really was just not my thing it yeah. made me very sad it was like I felt I felt connected to the animals yeah. and it just was like I can't keep I don't want to do this again and then decided to keep the animals and then go back to my old kind of bag of tricks and turn the pig barn into a bar and sell pizza and sell drinks okay. and then invite people to see the animals so we did that for years and then had our first wedding in 2018, and then God, got, has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. Well, that was our actually that was the first year we opened to the public and had that wedding. Oh, you know what? Yeah, so. I met you here it was uh, 2017. That was the first time that I met you here. Like gotcha. we had already known yeah. each other, but oh, it just—I mean, the the three years after the pandemic, with the pandemic just it's, that, yeah, evaporated. But I didn't mean to interrupt mind, you. Mind so fuck. it's like a wrinkle in time. I know. Pandemic. Yeah. Um, so then it just sort of became a place that people come visit and we have cabins that people can stay in and then we have an event space. So we 
do those things mainly. I mean, I would say it's a bar and restaurant, event space, and farm stays, like cabin stays. That's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, you are presently being uh, watched on a reality television show. Yes. There's a network. We're not allowed to say the network for some reason. I find it annoying, but we can't say the <laughs> network. Um, and they're filming a reality show. They are calling it like a docu-series. Okay. Which is like a reality show, but also like shows us as a farm executing events, but they're also following eight cast members okay. and our personal lives. So there is kind of like a reality personal story going on and then watching us execute big events and big weddings. Okay. Last week was the first week and it was n nuts. Oh, very like if I like I love reality shows. Mm -hmm. I watch every single Real Housewives. Like you name it, I've seen it. I'm like, it's my thing when I need to like unwind. Your Mondays. My Mondays. Yep. I watch. I just binge all of those shows. It's terrible. <laughs> but I would watch this show in a in a second. Okay. It's be really fun. Do you think that having um, an affinity for some reality shows is like subconsciously affecting your behavior in any way? That's a really good question. I would definitely say yes to that. Um, yeah, I don't know why. It's just that the I see myself behaving and the cameras are there and it's I know that it's good and sometimes I don't stop the behavior because it's like I know they want to see it. Yeah. And not that it's something I wouldn't do, but I think I generally would just like, you know, take a walk. Yeah. But instead, I kind of see it all the way through in front of the staff or whatever. Okay. So I don't know. I, I think, yes, I do that. No, I had somebody that was trying to make like a documentary uh, of me like a few years ago, not for TV or anything like that. And um, it was down in Memphis for the International Blues Competition. Ooh. And I had like the yips or something. Like I lost my voice and I was crying and she stopped filming. And I actually looked at her. I'm like, no, like this is this is part of it. Like, get yeah, this. Yeah, of course. You know, I wasn't doing it for her. She just, yeah, yeah. and she felt bad and she pulled back. I'm like, no, like, this is what you want. You don't want to just see the, like, the glory. Yeah, totally. Like, you got to get the good end of it. Just total yips. Ner but that means nerves, yep. right? Okay. Yep. The next day I was completely fine. We hit an open blues jam so on Beale you know, Street. It's so funny because I'd never used that word, but I mean, that to me feels like a panic attack or something. Yep. Or like some sort of anxiety or like a mind fuck you're able to kind of compartmentalize that and take it just that was just a one moment and get right back to it well i i blew it for the competition like i just on stage i know i just like leading up to it like i couldn't sing so i like oh, did no. steam and everything like that i did okay it just wasn't yeah, yeah. my best right and like you know there wasn't any other ailments i didn't have a runny nose i didn't have a cough it's just like my voice just was gone it's crazy your voice is so good well thank did you, you so always much. had like did you know like in junior high that you just had like a phenomenal voice mm -mm. one where people like you have to sing like your voice is like was it through karaoke or something weird no i don't feel like anybody i mean like i sang in choir but i never got like the solos or anything like that so and it weird. wasn't i always wanted it so bad and it was funny because i was at uh savannah's at this blues gym like back in like 2020 you yeah. know when i was four and um I remember like singing and it was actually this one bass player who like stood behind me and he was like, you need to fucking sing it, girl. And yeah. I was like, I know, like I had to hold my own with these guys. Right. And so I used to just sing to myself when I was in the car and I was like, you know that you have it in you. Nobody ever said, oh, my God, you have to sing. No one ever, ever said that to That's me. wild. But because I think that it's like just as much ability as it is balls. Yeah. And I finally just got the balls and right. all of a sudden like boom. And then it was. Then it was, you know, and now I'm the loudest fucking it's person in the world. <laughs> your voice is so good. 
voice is just my favorite. It's Aww. so good. This is so sweet. So well, good. I'm so glad that you allowed me this no, time. No, I know how busy you are. No, I don't think so. I'm just seeing where we're at. We're at about 10 minutes. I mean, we're, I'm having a blast if yeah, you are. I would love to keep Where talking. are the reality crews? Are we going to start an they're affair or something? On lunch. Oh, that's some bullshit. I know. Tell me about it. Look at my bad. makeup. I was ready. You look great. Thank I love you. that you're wearing these glasses with that shape because it looks really good on you. And I've seen a couple other glasses that you've worn that are yeah. the same shape. That's your shape. Thank you. I dig yeah. it a lot. And my husband says that it makes me look like a serial killer as if <laughs> as if that's a deterrent. <laughs> like the glasses or just your face? Probably both. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the mood I'm in. But he's like, yeah, I got that real serial killer vibe. I was like, okay, so buy know. more. I, it looks smart and sexy. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I also am in love with serial killers, so like. Uh, well, all right, yeah. So maybe we'll do a reality show slash serial killer. What are the uh, the crime, true crime podcasts? Right. Do you listen to a lot of no. podcasts? I never do. No. That's why I thought I'd be perfect for one. I, I started getting better at reading. Yeah, because you can't sit still and, like, do it. Exactly. And I know. I feel the exact same way. It's almost torture. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so ADD, know, too, same. that it's like I'll start to read. Like, it has to be a really good book. It has to really, like, get me. And yeah. once it's locked me in, then I won't do anything else. Yeah. But that's the problem with anything that I do. Like, even when I'm trying to relax, I'll do a puzzle. So, like, the other night I had some time, and I was like, I'm going to start a puzzle. And then I'm like, no, now I'm going to finish the puzzle. And I was up till 3 a.m. finishing this wow, puzzle. Wow, that's interesting. That f that will work for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever take baths? No. Me either. No, fuck that. Can I, you imagine? Uh, no. Just sitting in that water. Think of I all the things that I could be doing. Exactly. <laughs> I, you know, when I exactly. go on vacation, it usually takes me like I, I've gotten better at taking longer vacations because I know the first few days don't count. I have to completely. Well, my husband laughs. He goes, the first day is you sleeping. And I was like, yeah. 100%. I get there. Like, we went to uh, Curacao back in March. And we got in around, like, 5 or 6 at night. And we had some food. And he was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to go to sleep. And yeah. I slept until 10 o'clock the next morning. That's crazy. Because you're just shutting down. Your body's just like yeah. taking a break. You're a very easy person to travel with. And we've obviously spent time in Miami together. Yeah. And that's, I think, one of the nicest compliments you can give someone is that they're easy to travel with. Yeah. And you really are. You're just not needy you're just there for like the simple fun of it all when you don't like schedule a bunch of shit to do it's yeah like, well and it's fun too because like people will say you know like you for example it's like you know you can come visit but i won't be able to entertain you and i'm always like oh, yeah okay like we would go to the pool and you'd be like i gotta go and i'd be like all right i'll see you back at the house yeah, like, yeah. i don't need Easy. to be right you're not i remember needy. like me getting on the e-bike and you were like you picked it up right i'm like who doesn't <laughs> pick this up right away <laughs> name a few people I was like, I think I got it. <laughs> I would like video of that, please. All right. Well, I think that um, I have had such a wonderful time talking with you, and I think that we have only scratched the surface, so maybe we should just have, you know, another interview. Yeah, you know? I could talk to you all day long. Well, I think we still need to make that video of me teaching you how to bake bread. I think that would all be. right. But do you know how to bake bread? Bread. I bake the best bread. If you had an actual kitchen in Miami, I would have baked you bread. It's better now. I when I was does anything work in that? It kitchen? does. Like, no, it we in? no. It's great now. It's very efficient. Yeah. Close to you. Know, do you know that the uh, the oven here at the farm is a beautiful French bread baking wood fired oven? We should do like bread here in that oven. Let's do I'm it. Dying to learn how to do that. It feels like it would just be like heaven to bake a loaf of bread. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like a step-by-step process. Like, there's two times where you have to let it just sit and rise. For so like you know, overnight, right? No, just a couple hours oh, really? here and there. Like, okay. the last one is just like 30 minutes. So, you know, we'll go ride some goats or something, and then we'll come back. We'll throw it in the oven. And when you take it out of the oven, it's just like, if you don't eat it right away, you might as well just throw it out. Like, it's just, I mean, it's still delicious later, but yeah, it's yeah. just, oh, my God. Do something. you like butter? Of course. I know. Bread I'm, and butter is like, is I'm there Irish. That's like my number one ingredient for <laughs> <Right>. everything. <laughs> butter and salt. <laughs> it's so good. All right. Well, I would love to talk with you again, and I look forward to uh, working with you. I'm going to be here next week playing a wedding for... I can't wait. I, I know. Love I love you, too. Thank you so much. Thank this has been uh, the Mistress of None podcast with my good friend, Matt Baumgartner, and we'll see you soon. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Aaron. You're listening to the Mistress of None podcast with Aaron Harks. That was Matt Baumgartner at June Farms. Uh, I really enjoy going there for any events, any reason, sometimes just to walk around and see the animals. It's such a beautiful thing. And it's just really great to work with somebody like Matt. Uh, love him or hate him, he's really got the Midas touch for uh, local businesses. And I definitely have aspired to be a better business person having been in his presence. So I was really grateful for the opportunity to sit down and discuss things with him. It's amazing that he has gone through all of these venues and now he just focuses all of his time on June Farms. If you haven't been to June Farms, you should definitely check it out. I brought my niece there so she could chase chickens and pet goats. And it's just such a beautiful place. Bucolic is a good word. And it's great for events. I've played events there. I've gone to events there. It's such an incredible wedding venue. And just venue in general, they have dog park nights, they have food trucks, they have all sorts of things. So if you haven't been by, check it out. Uh, thanks for listening to Mistress of None. I'm Erin Harks. Looking forward to more episodes. Make sure you follow, like, share, all that good stuff. We are on Facebook. We are on Instagram. You can find it at erinharks.com. Come see some of my upcoming events. If there's somebody that you want to hear on the podcast, feel free to let me know. You can reach me of various ways through, again, Facebook, Instagram, my website, however you want to. See you all next week. Thanks again for tuning in. Share with your friends. Share with your enemies. I don't care. They could be good people just because you don't like them. Thank you again for listening to Mistress of None. I'm Erin Harks. <laughs> <laughs>